Eligible guest of the evening is Matt Gladney, a member of the Champaign City Council. Matt, welcome. Thank you for having me. You are an at-large member of the council, so you are uh, not up for election tonight, but you told me you're still following the results tonight, right? That's correct, yeah. So uh, as opposed to, have you, forgive me for not knowing, you've been at-large your entire time on the council, or were yes. you district? No, I've okay. been at-large the entire time, since 2015. So what is that like to represent the whole, Champaign's big, <laughs> what's that like to represent the whole town as opposed to a district? I love it, you know, I mean, I, I well, pre-COVID anyway, I was able to go to a lot of different neighborhood meetings and, and talk with folks who live in all different parts of the city and hear what their concerns are, and you know, it is a big city, oh, you know, comparatively, and sure. lots of different areas have different concerns and different things that, you know, are top of their priority list. So it's always good to um, to learn that. And, and I've, I'm a townie. I was born here. Uh, and it's interesting. I'm, this has actually helped me even learn even more about the community I've called home for a long time. When you did run, uh, what was campaigning like in an election like this where you're electing the people at the local level that set the local policy, but it doesn't always have the highest turnout, doesn't have the glitz and glamour of a governor or a president? What was it like out talking to people? Talking about this time or? or pre, pre-pandemic, when you ran for council. So, so pre-pandemic, no. Um, it was good. I mean, like I said, so you're knocking on doors and, you know, that's always a little awkward because, you know, interrupting people's day. Right? Sure. But, you know, a lot of folks uh, seem to appreciate at least somebody, you know, in a public position wanting to know, like, you know, what they think or uh, at least coming to their door and saying hello. Um, and so you get, you know, you get input from some folks and you, you kind of learn what they're if they're OK with things or you learn if they're not OK with things and what, you know, could be done better. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's always, it's always good. Do you think that door to door and being an active candidate is the key to getting more people interested in these type of elections or is there another silver bullet there? I think it's all part of a whole. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they always talk about wearing out the shoe leather, you know, not walking and, and, t- and knocking on doors. And I think that's a big component of being a successful candidate, but not, not only that, but it being a successful, um, public servant. Because that, that one-on-one connection with people really helps. Uh, but it's also, you know, I mean, we're in an age of social media, so I think having a presence there helps as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of different things. How much um, progress do you think has been lost because of the pandemic, which can apply to about anything really, not just city issues, by not being able to interact with the community as much, not just at the city council meetings, but just when you're out, would normally be out and about at communities, at the community events or just one-on-one conversations with community members. How much time do you think has been lost in trying to address some of the concerns and issues in the community just because you can't have those kind of interactions right now, not as much? Uh, yeah, I think a lot has been lost because of that. I mean, the, the community in and of itself, I mean, you know, businesses have, have, have been lost. Uh, people's incomes and livelihoods have been put on the line. Um, and then, yeah, just speaking personally, the, that, that, that personal communication has been something by the wayside. I mean, I mean just... I was thinking about this sometimes a week or two before everything kind of shut down last year. I was at a a big neighborhood meeting that was at Parkland that was for like the Timberline, uh, I think it was Timberline Valley South neighborhood with some concerns. And that was, I missed those things, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I want, I, I can't wait till those come back um, and, and, and we can do more, more outreach and more meeting with, with, with people. And that, that's probably where a lot of the, the issues get solved because then which, you know, right now you're seeing some contentious conversations at city council meetings on, in both cities on, on various topics and uh, just not being able to have that face-to-face conversation uh, it, it, from uh, talking to Mayor Fine and Mayor Marlin that that's, that's kind of led to some more people are just a little more, more upset because they just can't 
get anything addressed as much as they would before. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, let's kind of dive into that topic a little further. The public comment at council meetings lately has been more heated in, in compared to recent years. And I think you guys as a council have done your best to navigate that. And um, I'll, I'll give you guys credit the way you structure the meetings because you let people comment on each agenda item as it comes up. And then you have a general comment period. Mm -hmm. And then there's a council comment period at the end to where if a council member wants to address something that a resident brought up 20 minutes ago, that person can. In my opinion, and I'm not just saying this because you're in the room, I think that's an ideal way to do it. And I know it's difficult over Zoom, but I guess what have been your observations lately when with all this heated public comment? Well, um, not to state the obvious, but it's been a pretty stressful time, right? You know, sure. with the pandemic and then uh, with a lot of, you know, we had a lot of uh, you know, stuff going on over the last summer with, um, well, there's the George Floyd trials going on now. So, you know, that would kind of kick things off nationally. And we, we had some of that, uh, you know, uh, recognition of that here as well. Uh, so, yeah, we've got, we've just got a lot that's been happening. So people are, are rightfully and understandably, you know, Concerned about a lot of things. So, and and doing this over Zoom, I mean, you know, there's there's pros and cons. We've just been lamenting the whole face to face nature of, of, of things. But one positive, I guess, to Zoom is it it allows more people maybe some better access. You know, you, you don't have to get up and go to a building to talk. You can call in and share your thoughts that way. And and yeah, sometimes it's it can get heated. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's life, right? I was going to say, as an elected official, right, that's kind of what you sign up for? Yeah, yeah. We're talking with uh, Matt Gladney, member of the Champaign City Council. He is at large. He is uh, not up for election this evening. Uh, an interesting topic lately has been how to honor the Black Lives Matter movement in Champaign. Started with the idea of painting the letters on the street. That morphed into what we have now, which is the honorary street signs in Champaign. Um, I'm, I watched those meetings. I don't remember where you came down on that issue, but I know there was a lot of passionate conversation back and forth about how to best come up with a visual display. Sure. Yeah. No, I supported it. Um, it I, I understand those. You know, some people some people didn't. It, it is it is a mostly symbolic mm -hmm. uh, thing that we did. It's rather than particularly substantive. However, I think sometimes symbolic things can be important. And, you know, like I said earlier, there's been a lot of stuff that's gone down in the last, you know, year or so. And I felt like this was just a way to kind of recognize that. And I know some folks don't like the Black Lives Matter organization uh, as an organization. And I, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> when I was voting on this, I actually wasn't even thinking about the organization. I was just thinking about that statement. And I was like, so do I believe that Black Lives Matter? And in the context of uh, all this, the stuff that's been happening, uh, you know, the answer is yes. And I'm like, yes, I, I'm okay with you know, like doing this, this to, to, rec to recognize that. And the issue is certainly not over because I know there was comment about, okay, this is the symbolic gesture. Mm -hmm. How do we put rubber to the road and maybe put some dollars into programs that will lift up the black community? So and I'm we, sure there's more to be said, right? Yeah, there's more to do, certainly. We've, we've been doing things. Sure. The narrative sort of kind of got away like, oh, well, we're just not doing anything at all. That's just not the case. But uh, yeah, there's certainly more that we can do, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. And when, you know, as far as just the, you mentioned the, the signs, were you surprised at 
I'm trying to think the word. How difficult it was to reach a resolution on what actually to do, whether it be the painting on the street or the street signs, and how long it kind of took to get there. Do you thought it'd be a more easier process because of how hot that topic was in the moment? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's ever easy, right? I think I kind of knew the answer to that question <laughs> as I was asking it. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's some issues, you know, uh, are pretty straightforward and some are, you know, um, complex. Mm-hmm. This, and that was one of them. Were you concerned, you know, you think of painting on the street, someone can just come up in the middle of the night and paint over the top of it. Were you concerned about vandalism with, with the painting of the, on the street? I was concerned about a lot of things, you know. Um, I I voted for the street part of it, but, you know, the it did concern me a little bit that, yeah, I mean, you could have vandalism. I mean, you can, do, you can vandalize a sign, too. Yeah, um, but, true. you know, and also... Just the wear and tear of it. I mean, you know, if it's on the street, it's going to be subject to the elements and cars and whatever else. So I, mean, I was like, well, I don't know how long that would last. But yeah. But yeah. Talking with Matt Gladney, member of the Champaign City Council. Uh, temperatures warming up. More people will be out and about shopping and dining in uh, downtown. We had Mayor Finan on earlier about uh, what the city's going to do to make sure those businesses have the bandwidth needed to uh, support those customers, but also stay safe. Uh, I don't know if you have any opinions on that, what the city has done there so far with the pickup zones and the outdoor picnic areas. Uh, do you like that? Do you want to see anything more or different? Or? No, I, I have been a fan of that, yeah. And I, it's it's been uh, an imperfect solution to a pretty bad time of it, right? You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm not even a business owner, so... Um, I, I can only imagine everything that they've gone through the last year. So, yeah, the city, I mean, we tried to accommodate in, in, in the ways that we, we could. So, yeah, those outdoor dining spaces, I think, are, um, are, are good. I would like to see them continue, if at all possible, because I know, like, as folks get vaccinated, more and more folks are, like, more comfortable going indoors. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there's some folks who may not feel comfortable. And if, if having a space for them to go dine downtown somewhere or wherever outside – um, you know, kind of can help maximize um, businesses, you know, and, 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 and people going there. I think that'd be great. Downtown draws a certain crowd. Green Street, a much different crowd. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how do you think things have gone there with the students and the bars and, uh, you know, enforcing the, the social distancing limits and the masks? What, what's been your observations? So, um, it's interesting. I, I do try and actually sometimes I just drive around town just because it's something to do. And, and also <laughs> I like to like kind of just, you know, how is the town doing? and get a feel for it and um, see how things are going. I'll be honest with you. Whenever I've driven down or through campus or I've like stopped and I've like taken a walk on campus because we have a beautiful campus. Um, I've actually been really impressed with students um, masking. And, you know, so sometimes social distancing, sometimes not. It's just hard to sometimes in the more crowded areas. But they've uh, – I've been really impressed with it. Uh, they're doing it outdoors. Sure. Uh, they're going most – the, most of the students, I think, are, are meeting the testing requirements that are on campus. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes I'll see somebody post a picture on social media of, oh, look at these students standing outside the bar. They're too close. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's, that's going to happen, right? But I feel like what I've observed, for the most part, is students are, are doing their part to, to be safe. Well, and, and it's, as far as just being on the council and trying to address the situation and the financial losses of the businesses that you touched on earlier, you just can't prepare for something like this. Obviously, it's a once-in-a-100-year type situation. 
how difficult has it been the last year to, as a council, as a whole, and, and as city administration, just to try to deal with this and, and try to be there for the businesses in the community? Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, overall, I'll say it's been difficult. Uh, now, that being said, um, our staff has done a lot of the heavy lifting on this. They're the, you know, our upper staff has been a lot, a lot of the ones meeting uh, with, uh, you know, intergovernment agencies and um, other kind of leaders in, in the community. And our, our, our staff under them has been doing a lot of, like I said, the heavy lifting. So we as a council, you know, we've, we've set some policy, uh, but we've, we've actually relied quite a bit on, on our staff. And, and then, you know, the business community as well has, for the most part, really chipped in and, and even at their own sacrifice, you know, to, to, to make this, to make this work. You bring up kind of a logistics point there that maybe some of our listeners might not be aware of. Urbana has the strong mayor form of government where Diane Marlin has more of a role in the day to day. Mm -hmm. Champaign is the city manager, council city manager form of government where you guys are the policy making board. And then Dorothy David kind of carries that out. And, uh, you know, the department, I, I think she made the comment that the council can uh, fire one person, which is Dorothy David. The, yeah. if, if you guys wanted to fire, you know, who I don't, I don't want to give an example because I don't want to single anybody. But you get the point. There's a layer of insulation there for the rank and file. Um, so it's it's an interesting distinction that a lot of uh, listeners might not know. Um, are you a fan of that form of government? Kind of a philosophical I, question, but I don't, I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan or not a fan. It's it's you know it's just the way it is. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean this. It, I think it works. Sure. So yeah. Um, there's going to be at least one new member on the council tonight. Angie Bricks is uh, not running, so there will be a new council person in District 3. Um, I'm just curious, in a pandemic, um, when that new person comes aboard, what will be the rapport-building process? I mean, in a normal time, you, you might get together with that person, you know, one-on-one -on -one so as not to violate Open Meetings Act, but in a pandemic, that might be a little difficult. You know, maybe with vaccinations you can do it, but just... Uh, you know, when new council members come on board, that rapport building process, what is that like? Uh, you know, it always takes a little while, right? I mean, uh, to, to get that rapport going, but we, we do it eventually. And um, it'll, I'm sure it'll be that way with whoever, you know, is new on the council after tonight. Um, it'll be a little bit more difficult to build that uh, rapport in the pandemic, but we'll make it work. And you're right. I mean, if, if uh, we want to meet one-on-one -on -one or something and, and, and if they're comfortable with that or at least talk, have a phone conversation and just sure. kind of say, hey, welcome and, uh, you know, whatever. Then, yeah, I, I, it'll, it'll, it's a little more difficult, but it'll, it'll work. I will say that, and I'm not trying to compare Champagne to other elected bodies, but you guys run efficient meetings, in my opinion. I oh, mean, yeah? You, you, one item to the next item, and I'm not trying to say you rubber stamp things. That's, mm -hmm. that's not what I'm trying to say, but... I mean, there is an order to the Champagne Council meetings, and, and you guys keep to that order. I mean, you even have, you know, who makes the motion and who seconds it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are, is, aren't you part of that process? I'm, I'm the seconder, yeah. So you're the designated seconder. <laughs> yeah. And, well, again, to credit our staff, um, they create very uh, pretty copious notes in our, in our, our packets, our they agenda do. packets. And so, you know, we read that in advance. And therefore, like by the time and, and, you know, if we have questions, we can contact our staff in, in ahead of time and say, hey, you know, I have a question about this uh, agenda item. And, and or, or it may be an item that we something that's been ongoing that we've discussed with them already. So by the time we get to the meeting, um, we, we are pretty well informed. And, yeah, sometimes we have questions, but 
yeah, that's, that's can sometimes see why, why it seems very quick and whatever. How, how do you decide um, what questions to ask one-on-one ahead of a meeting versus a question to ask at the meeting? Because the benefit, of course, of asking it at the meeting is that it's in a public forum mm-hmm. as opposed to maybe a phone call that can't be FOIA. The public doesn't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? The, the sure, transparency yeah. element to it? So if there's something like, if I read the agenda and I don't truly understand something in there, um, that will prompt me you know, to ask a staff person. Um, and sometimes they'll give me an answer. And I don't know, it'll end up in my mind being something that's like, okay, well, this has been asked and answered. And I may not feel the need to like bring it up in the council meeting itself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, well, okay, I appreciate this answer. This does seem like, I, I will tell them, I am probably going to just so you know, ask this question at the meeting. Sure. So, because uh, I kind of want it out there and, and everything. So it kind of, it works both ways. Matt Gladney, member of the Champaign City Council, just a couple minutes left. Uh, what else is uh, on your agenda coming up? What are some of the big ticket items that uh, are important to you that we'll be seeing on agendas coming up? Well, um, kind of digging our way out of the pandemic, we're still going to have you know a lot of budget meetings. Um, we'll have ongoing, uh, you know, we had like uh, like some police listening sessions that uh, we're gonna. We've already had one study session meeting about that. We're going to have further ones about that. Um, you know, and we and we talked about you know we talked about the Black Lives Matter street sign earlier, and but doing something more substantive about that. Uh, so we're going to look at that. I know. Um, you know, we work with, uh, we also serve as a township board. Sure. So Supervisor Kornstrom, you know, has said, if, you know, if he gets reelected tonight, one thing he wants to work on is like homelessness and whatnot. So, you know, that's something we'll, I'm sure we'll help him with that as well. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going to, are on our plate and are probably on our plate in the future that we haven't even thought of yet. So. Just hearing you say some of those things got my mind jogged and, and thinking of a couple of things. The Garden Hills drainage, that's yes. a massive ongoing yes. project that's going to be going on for months mm-hmm. and years into the future, right? Yeah. I can tell you that whenever I do knock on doors and talk to people um, or I'm just meeting with people face to face, they just want a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people want very different things, right? But uh, one of the big things I hear is, you know, they want the community to be safe. They want the, snow, the, the streets plowed when it snows. They want their sidewalks to be clean and, and even so they don't trip and fall. Uh, they, they want um, they, a lot of what they want is good infrastructure stuff. And, and we need to get more of that done in Garden Hills. But in general, you know, like people just uh, people want a community that works. couple projects in downtown as well. Uh, the Yards Project. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't. There's a Neal Street corridor. The Neal Street corridor, which kind of also ties into the plaza, right? And I'm not sure if the plaza got shelved or where that's at. Well, the plaza is sort of a a long game, right? Okay. We 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 haven't you know you know forgotten about that, but it's going to be over the next few years. But yeah, that all ties together. And the yards project that got a lot of publicity when it was announced. There's the hockey element, which I know you guys aren't uh, you know part of. That's a University of Illinois thing. Mm And uh, that seems to be, I don't know if casualty is the right word, but maybe the pandemic has kind of pushed the yards back a little bit. Would that be accurate to say? It slowed it down. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I think it's still it's still going. Sure. Yeah. So would you expect that to come before the council soon? Um, I don't know how you define soon, but uh, <laughs> we might hear something more about it later this year, hopefully. I kind of put you on the spot. No, there, it's so. fine. That's uh-huh. fine. 
I can see the, the mind circling there and think of how the best way to answer that. Yeah. So it's just us talking here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one else is listening. <laughs> well, hey, Matt, we've kept you uh, longer than we said we were going to, so we appreciate your time uh, very much. And uh, once again, you are not up for election tonight, just so our listeners are aware of that for transparency's sake. So uh, we'll let you uh, get back to uh, checking the results from home, and we appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, Matt Gladney from the Champaign City Council.